Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our service this morning, whether you're here in church with us or at home. Thank you so much for joining us. I also want to welcome Reverend Donald, Dr. Donald Watts, who's leading our service today. Dr. Watts, thank you again for coming back to lead our service. And with him is his wife, Fiona. So, Fiona, you two are very welcome to join us this morning. Now, we've had a message from Church House about face coverings. Basically, it says that we must wear them now throughout the service. Previously, we were allowed to wear them only when we stood and we could take them off when seated, but that now has changed and is wearing face coverings throughout. So I'm sure you all understand the reasoning for that. With regard to our vacancy, you know now that it's going to be on the, the installation of the Reverend Shaw is going to be on the 8th of January. Muriel is still taking names for helpers, so if you want to talk to Muriel or Kim, about making yourself available to help on that day with regard to catering, please do so. I announced last week and the previous week that we are required to have a fire warden. To date, we haven't had a volunteer, so I would ask you all to think about it, please, even if you're not in church and at home, but could be our fire warden. Then please give it some thought, because we're required to have someone in that position. Uh, Training will be provided, and church will pay for the training. Now, Youth Fellowship are back in the vestibule this morning again. They've made some cards, and uh, if you would like some of their cards, then you can make a donation to them, and their fundraising will go to the Simon community. At the end of the service this morning, uh, we will be showing the United Appeal video. That's the one that wasn't available last week, so after the benediction, if you would take your seats, please, then you can see the video. Now, it's with great sadness that I report the passing of two of our members during the week. On Monday morning, Mr. Jackie Burton passed away. Jackie, as you know, was a very regular attender in Ballycrocken. She and the boys and Craig, Glenn, Ronnie and Ella, regular attenders. And I'm pleased to say that Mark and Ronnie and Ella are here in church this morning. So to that entire family circle... We extend our love and our blessings and indeed our prayers. There will be a Thanksgiving service for Jackie here on Tuesday morning at 12.30. So please, please, to support the family, make yourself available for that. Then on Wednesday, Ernie Moore passed away. Now, Ernie hasn't been able to attend church for some time because of mobility problems. But Ernie passed away on Wednesday and his to his wife, Charlotte, and his daughters, Pauline and Brenda, and indeed the entire family circle, we again extend our love and our blessings. Ernie's funeral service will be in Russell's Funeral Home, Holborn Avenue, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. So again, if you can be available to support the family on that occasion, please do so. These are the announcements. Dr. Watts, now I invite you to lead our service. Thank you. is an important time we think all the necessary advents become comes that Jesus you may have life all is Lord God we thank you for this time of year with all its excitement praise you for the gift of 
we experience. Thank you that Spirit is with us every moment. Joyful moments of your troubled. Know that with you, life continues beyond our time on earth, and that your love never fails. So we pray for all who have experienced parting from a loved one in recent days. May they be assured that there is nothing in heaven or on earth that can separate us from your love in Jesus our Lord. We pray especially for the families just mentioned. May Jackie's husband, Mark, her sons, Craig and Glenn, together with all the family, know a peace which can only come from you. We pray for Ernie's wife, Charlotte. May she be supported and cared for, along with their daughters and all the family who surround them. May they find their strength also in you. Lord God, you have come to bring light to our lives, a light which can never be extinguished. May that light shine for us all, we pray, at this Advent time. In Jesus, your Son, we ask these things. Amen. And so as we come to the third Sunday in Advent, right, we can. And we join to sing, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King.
know that you rule the world with Remind us that they may overwhelm us. Remind us at this time of year that nothing, nothing in the present or in things to come will ever separate us from your love. Remind us, we pray, that you are the creator God. All of this wonderful universe has been made at your command. You have never left your creation, nor have you ever left any one of us. We are not alone. When the time was right, you sent your Son to be the Savior of the world. And even though people turned against him, he was ready to share your grace and your truth. He died to show that no one is ever forgotten by you. And yet we confess, Lord God, that while you do not forget us, we too often forget you. In our world, people are left vulnerable. They are left without support. In our world, truth can be seen as flexible and honesty as a weakness. Whenever we have failed to stand up for your truth and justice and integrity, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for the subtle ways we have disowned you, as well as the obvious ways. And draw us back to your Son, we pray. As we confess our sin, may we know the wonder of your forgiveness. May your Spirit reshape us and strengthen the truth and grace that you have planted within us. We ask it in the name of Jesus, who taught his faithful people to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7, and Linda McKnight's going to read it for us.
Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7, taken from the New International Version. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Thank you very much, Linda. The young people aren't with us this morning, but we're going to sing a hymn which is new to me, but which uh, I will enjoy learning. It's called This Child.
Luke 1, verse 26 to 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will be reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary, asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Amen. Thanks very much, Aaron. Join now in our prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this time of year with all the excitement and the busyness it brings, its color and its warmth. May we remember the true meaning of Christmas and allow your Son to be born in our lives and in our world. We thank you that Jesus was prepared to empty himself of all but love. May we share that love within our families, with others around us, and spread it out through all the world. We thank you especially for your church and for this congregation looking forward to a new ministry. May it be an opportunity to focus on the things that really matter to you in our life and our worship. Teach us, we pray, new ways to share the grace and truth of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Guide the leadership here, Kirk Session and Committee, those who lead the young people. May every member feel valued. And may those who face difficulty of whatever kind, whether illness or in other spheres of their lives, find support and healing. 
We pray too, Lord, for your world at a time of great challenge and uncertainty. Once again, we are being reminded of the devastating speed of COVID, now in a new variant. Be near, we pray, to those who must cope with the illness, whether at home or in hospital, may they be supported. Be with those in care homes also, who can feel isolated at times, bring calmness to their lives. And we ask that you will guide with wisdom the doctors and scientists who must lead us through this pandemic. May they be given insight beyond themselves. And may politicians have a genuine concern for all their people. Especially, Lord, we pray for those who face COVID with little or no resource to tackle it. Already they are at the edge of life. May they be given support and challenge us all, we pray, with your justice. We pray for those in recent weeks and days whose lives have been disrupted and devastated at times by weather conditions of storm and flood. In our own country, there were those whose lives were turned upside down recently. Some sadly lost their lives, be near to their families. We hear in America of tornadoes destroying livelihoods and lives. We know that there are places in our world where weather and natural occurrences like volcanoes create a continual risk for the people who live there. We pray that you may support all whose lives are challenged. Father, in our own society at this dark, cold time of year, we pray for those who live life on the fringes, perhaps on the streets, or in a damp, inhospitable place. Some have little resources, even to feed their children. Give us true compassion, we pray. Open our eyes that we may see with your eyes. And open our senses that we may respond to your love by reaching out with our love. Give us the wonder and the justice of Advent, we pray. Amen. Him now, one of Graham Kendrick's hymns, used to be sung very often, I don't hear it quite so often nowadays, Meekness and Majesty, Manhood and Deity, Perfect Harmony, the One who is God.
Oh, what a mystery, meekness and majesty. Bow down and worship, for this is your God. Words of that hymn by Graham Kendrick often come to my mind when I think of the story of the angel Gabriel that we read coming to a young girl, Mary, at Nazareth. He'd already been to visit Mary's relative, Elizabeth, to tell Elizabeth about the child that she would have in her old age, a man to be called John, of course, known as John the Baptist. But Mary was different from Elizabeth. Elizabeth was an old lady, married for years. She and Zachariah had longed for a child. It waited a long time. Indeed, they assumed that they would never have a child. But Mary was a young girl, recently engaged, Joseph. And while in Israelite society of that time, engagement was a much more binding commitment than it would be in our society today. The couple, for example, could only be separated by divorce. It would not have been acceptable in that society for the two to have a child. If we read Matthew's version of the story, it's clear that Joseph was greatly troubled when he realized what was happening. He did contemplate divorce. Gabriel came to him also, reassured him. So Mary was a young girl, perhaps on her own, in Nazareth, receiving a very troubling message. She knew that if this was in fact going to happen, if she was going to become pregnant, if she was going to have a child, then scandal and opprobrium would be the inevitable consequence. If we read the story today with the advantage of knowing the ending, knowing what happens. Sometimes we read books like that. Do you ever go to the last page or two to see what actually is going to happen and then go back and read the story? When we know what's going to happen, we know it turns out all right in the end. But for Mary, there was shock. There was uncertainty. How will this be, was her question. I'm still a virgin. Holy Spirit will come upon you, was the answer. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Because nothing is impossible with God. How will this be? You see, like Mary, we are all rational beings. We like answers to things. We like an explanation of everything. But there are times we simply have to take God on trust. That's what faith is all about. Trusting in God. God can and does break into our world, break into our lives in ways that are beyond our limited ability 
to fully understand. And yet when he breaks in, the experience of his presence is very real. I like that phrase that Gabriel used. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. But the experience of a shadow coming, especially if it's a brighter day. Shadow spreading around us to encompass us. Sometimes it's difficult to walk out of it. And while we often think of a shadow as something dark and perhaps even sinister, shadow of the Most High was certainly not that. The shadow of the Most High, Mary could feel the cure. Remember the hymn, Safe in the Shadow of the Lord, Beneath His Hand and Power. I trust in Him. I trust in him, my fortress, my tower. We don't need to understand everything. We won't understand everything. But we can know security in the shadow of the Most High. This Advent time, we enter into a mystery. A mystery of God coming into our world as a little child. We marvel at the mystery. Sometimes I wonder today if within the church we try to take mystery out of our lives, out of our worship even. We become too rational. We don't leave room for the things we don't understand, but which are real, which are true, which are vital to our faith. Don't simply sit before God and allow his mystery to encompass us, his shadow to come over us. Wonder and awe are perhaps the elements we tend to close out of our worship these days. And yet it is as we experience the mystery of God that we know his presence. Mary opened herself to this mysterious coming, the possibility that God was acting in a way that she did not fully understand, but on which she could rely. And so she replied, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said. That's where the meekness comes in. Mary's offering her very vulnerability so that God could break into the world. 
putting aside her own comfort, putting aside her own reputation even, to allow God to carry out his work through her. He can carry out his work through us also. When we humbly and meekly offer ourselves to him, when we allow his spirit to genuinely work through us. Sadly, too often we can claim to be doing God's work, and in reality, all we're doing is fulfilling our own agenda and putting God's name to it. Constantly, we need to take the time to ask what God really wants us to do, to empty ourselves, to spend time with Him, to allow His Spirit to work in us, and then to meekly, humbly, Follow his way. I think we sometimes, too often indeed, become confused between two very similar words, meekness and weakness, because you can turn the M upside down and become weak, not. Definition in the, in the dictionary of being meek is to be humbly submissive. Humbly submissive. But we are called to be and to do. It's what Jesus himself did. You remember how he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? He, he was in anguish. He didn't want to go through with this death. Yet he said, Yet not my will, but yours be. It was never an act of an act of enormous. So often we have a false sense of what is strong, even within the church. Often we imagine the loud and the determined should be the leadership take us forward. And perhaps they can for a time. Then they'll run out of ideas. Jesus himself told us that it is the meek who will inherit the earth. The meek, those who humbly offer themselves to him, to serve him in his way, however he may call us. Meekness. The meek rejoice in the mystery of incarnation. Finally, in this passage, there is the sense of the majesty of God. Meekness and majesty, they're not opposites. They're all part of the being of God, God's supreme majesty in the universe he created. The angel Gabriel pointed Mary to the, the situation of Elizabeth, now six months pregnant. Reminded Mary, nothing is impossible with God. He is the majestic one. He is the ruler of all. We need to let God 
be God. I wonder as we travel through difficult days, do we remember that God is there? That God is God, the creator of all the world? As we think our way through a pandemic which disturbs, unsettles, frightens us, the majesty of God surrounds us. Do we remember that? Or as we face our own challenges, in our personal lives, perhaps illness, work worries, family concerns, do we always remember nothing is impossible with God? Of course, things may not like work out as we think they should. But our majestic God does not desert us. And that's the message of this Advent time. As Isaiah put it, people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. The light of Christ. The light of our world. Martin Luther King was a great civil rights leader that many of you will remember years ago. He was also a great preacher and he wrote a little book of sermons that I dip into from time to time. In one of those sermons he tells of being in a dark place. His very life was being threatened. Not only were people disagreeing with what he was saying, they were threatening to destroy him. This was very public but also private. He was getting phone calls long into the night, threatening him. One night he was in bed and couldn't sleep. Tossed about and eventually he got up and went down to the kitchen and made himself a cup of coffee. Sat with his coffee at the kitchen table with his head in his hands, wondering where he was going, what he was going to do. There in the quietness, he heard a voice saying, Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. I will be at your side forever. Said, The outer situation remained the same, but God had given me inner man. Whatever our outer situation, we can know the calm of God, the calm of our majestic God, who comes to us as a mystery and asks of us our meekness and humility. It was so for Mary. It will be so. For us also. Lord God, enable us to open ourselves to you, to open our minds, to open our hearts, to open our activities, that you may enter and take control. 
be in control of our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mary's response, as you probably know, was in a song, Mary's song, we often call it the Magnificat. And one version of that is the hymn with which we close our service. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord.